Hello and welcome to another Energy Sport podcast. I'm Cameron Wonstow and today myself and a couple of our very own football writers are going to look ahead to the UEFA Champions League and UEFA Europe League single-legged mini-tournaments to be hosted in Portugal and Germany. Our first writer I shall introduce is Struan Garvey. Long time since last spoke, how are you doing mate? Yeah, I'm not bad yourself. I am all good, excited to be doing this little podcast with us. I'm very excited. How have you been keeping yourself busy? Watching, well, it's, it's been weird now, the Premier League's kind of stopped, but Scottish football's kind of come just at the right time mm. to sort of fill the gap, and then just the Champions League and Europa League coming back as well, it gives football at night time, but yeah, that's, that's about what I'm filling my time with. That's it, <laughs> fair enough, <laughs> not much fair yet. enough, not much going on. Uh, well, I suppose next up we've got Sean McGill, outside of putting Nicky Cabamba posters all over your bedroom walls, what have you been up to recently? Um, just pretty much, it's, it's just that. Um, I was a, a late call up to this podcast so if any listener ever thought I was clueless and ill informed before just you mm. wait because I'm, yeah. I'm really going to go for it today but yeah, um, Nicky Kabamba propaganda that's what I'm all about at the moment So exactly, I'm all with you, I'm all with you um, last but not least we have Jack Donnelly a man who has beaten me in the SPFL fancy football despite having Kurt Broadfoot in his back line, you must know what? your stuff how are you doing? Yeah. See, there we go. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was a panic buy. It was just, it was more to kind of make up a number more than more than anything. Because, mm. as, as as any listener will know who's listened to me before, I would rather have zero Kelly players in my team. But <laughs> he was a starter that was cheap, so it was, it, it was a bit of a foregone conclusion putting him in. But I'm happy he's getting me a point a game. That, that's all I could ask for him from. Yeah, hopefully he starts. Yeah. Well, it's put you ahead of a couple of us, so. You're doing something right. Um, <laughs> well, we'll just get straight into it. Um, the Champions League, eight quarter-finalists, six of whom have never won the European Cup, have all flown out to Lisbon knowing they are all just three games away from European glory. The first tie we'll examine is between two clubs who epitomise modern pressing tactics in their own way, Atletico Madrid and RB Leipzig. Both sides scraped third in their respective leagues and are now focused on securing their first ever Champions League trophy. Jack, we'll come straight back to you. As our very own Chelsea fanatic, I want to know your thoughts on how 34 goal tiles and Timo Werner's move to the Blues will affect Leipzig. I think you can only really think it would affect them negatively. I mean, when Werner's been putting up 34 goals and even more goal involvements, I'm not sure exactly how many assists he got, but it was in the double figures as well. Mm. There's no one that's really going to be able to replicate that in such a short space of time. And I do worry for Leipzig coming into this game because... Obviously taking out a player like Werner and he's not going to be available for them, obviously. So there's no one in that team that's really going to be able to step up and kind of fill that gap in my eyes. And I don't know, I feel like there might have been a bit of a morale hit. Like I think Leipzig might be coming into this one already down and out with a bit of a um, kind of negative response to how Werner's left. But I could be wrong and they could come into that with a point to prove and they could do the exact opposite of what I'm suggesting at the moment. But... I, I would be I would be placing my bets on Atletico in this one. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. What do you think, maybe even tactically, how do you think they'll get by? Do you think they'll have to put Paulson up top with Schick and just hope long balls to the top, maybe? I think it might need to be, to be honest. I mean, Werner was a different type of forward to who Paulson and Schick are. I mean, you look at them, it was a kind of big guy, wee guy situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and they obviously that does tend to work very well when you've got two playing off each other. But it, it's going to need to be almost maybe matching what Atletico do because obviously Atletico with the two banks of four and then uh, the two strikers. So I could see maybe a similar system with maybe Sabitzer out Sabitzer and um, and Kunku potentially out wide rather than kind of more central. So I think it's going to be a lot of just ship it to the attack in midfield and hope that they can get the ball to the striker because. As good as Paulson and Schick may be, they're not as creative and they wouldn't drop as deep as perhaps Werner would. So it's going to be an interesting test for Nagelsmann and Leipzig. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be an entertaining game regardless. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it will be. Um, Sean, we'll come to you next, man. After going unbeaten in the league since February 1st and knocking out the holders Liverpool in March, are Atletico back to their best under Diego Simeon after a rocky start to the season? They certainly looked at it in the restart. Um, it seemed to be sort of back to basics, Atletico, really sort of aware of their style. Marcus Llorente, who by all accounts is a fairly defensive midfielder, came alive at Anfield, scored two goals, which I think 
took his career tally to three and <laughs> has now been pushed sort of as the supporting striker to most often Diego Costa and it seemed to have really worked uh, Atletico were looking like they might miss out on potentially European football together, certainly Champions League and a really good run after the resumption of football in Spain pushed them up to third in the table just uh, pipping Sevilla on goal difference so they really do it on their side of the draw, like we said there's lots of inexperienced teams in terms of winning the European Cup but they certainly do have Champions League know-how and they've been in a couple of finals in recent years so out of their half of their draw I definitely think they're the favourites and I definitely think that um, it's going to take a really really smart tactical performance from whoever they come up against in this case Leipzig to to knock Simeone's side out Yeah definitely, I'm glad you brought Marcus around I was going to ask you as well, do you think they'll stick with him alongside maybe Costa or do you think they'll maybe revert back to Maratta or who else is it they've got up front? Um Forgetting for a second. Is still there, is he? But, um, Maybe, yeah, yeah. But either way, well, who would you start like, up top? Um, I don't know. My city. Um, aye. Uh, Urente seemed to have worked during the restart. And I think that... I don't know if he was contributing necessarily in terms of goals, but um, he was certainly working as a good foil to Diego Costa. And I think um, that's what Atletico... They won't be free scoring. They won't... Um, put two or three past many sides I don't think but um, it's just about maximising the sort of unit as a whole and if Urenti's doing that job well then I see no reason to, to change that Brilliant stuff, um, lastly Struan, Julian Nagelsmann and Diego Simeone have both said the ties 50-50 is that favour or like Sean said are the more experienced Atletico the definite favourites here? I, th- I think personally I'd go with Atletico. I think, as you said, they've got the experience. And I think losing Timo Werner for Leipzig is going to be a massive hit. Just having the presence in the dressing room as well as probably on the pitch. Yeah. And I-, I think just I think this is the furthest Leipzig have ever made it in the Champions League. And I think a lot of those players are quite inexperienced. But I, I guess you never really know what could happen on the pitch. But I-, I think I would back Atletico Madrid to get this one over the line. I think it suits them over one leg, the way they could maybe nick a goal quickly and then just sit back and relax. Definitely well, so we're all in agreement then. Atletico maybe the the favourites here. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I so. that. Brilliant. Right. Next up, a tie for the neutrals. A tie for anyone who loves extremely attacking, fearless, swashbuckling football. Cash rich, superstar stacked, French giants. Paris Saint Germain will host Atlanta. I say host, they won't host, it's at a neutral ground, but you know what I mean. <laughs> the adventurous Serie outfit are undoubtedly football's feel-good story of 2020. So first up, speculation around the absence of Atlanta forward Josip Ilicic is still rife, even Sky Sport Italia still seem to be in the dark. Um, the Slovenian missed the tail end of the Serie A season, and manager Gian Piero Gasparini has now admitted Ilicic will miss the Champions League finals after being granted compassionate leave. Sean, this is a man who's contributed over 20 goals in all competitions this season, a vital part of the front line. How do Atlanta get by without him? Um, I don't know if it will change their approach that much because the approach just is to score as many goals as possible and um, try and be the one with the higher number at the end of the game. It's just... (laughs) Um, it has scored a lot of goals this season, but so has Zapata and they've sort of shared the goals around in a pretty solid way. Um... So, I don't know, obviously they're missing their talisman, they're missing their star striker, but in terms of the mindset of this Atalanta side, they know that PSG are frail defensively, they know that they'll also be going to um, score a lot of goals considering their riches of attacking talent, so I don't think it changes too much in the mindset, but obviously it is still a blow. Yeah, I feel like Atalanta, no disrespect to brilliant strikers, but it seems like the midfield and the wing-backs do actually a lot of the hard work. The, f- the forwards just kind of have to be in the box and tap the ball home. Um, yeah. So I'm a bit in agreement with you there. It's a big miss, but could be a lot worse. Um, fortunately for Atalanta, PSG are also without one of their key forwards, joining Ker- Levan Kurzawa, Tilo Carrer, and Marco Verratti on their injury list as explosive wonderkid Kylian Mbappe. Struan, how big a problem is this for Thomas Tuchel? I, th- I think I don't think it's as big as as another injury to somebody like Verratti because I think in the front three that PSG they can still play Di Maria, Icardi, and Neymar, which is pretty pretty good. But I think <laughs> sound like shorts thrown up in there just pretty good. <laughs> Those three they're, names they're, they're rather phenomenal players to say the least. But I think 
losing Mbappe will probably damage Mbappe, I think, more than the team from his personal point of view. Because I know he'll he'll want to be out there. You know, he's played at the highest level, World Cup final and stuff like that. And it's quite crazy to think that this twenty-two-year-old has some of the but most experience in that PSG team. But I think as well they were able to see off Leon in the French Cup, albeit to penalties without him. So I think I think it will be a big loss, but I don't think it'll be as big as other players such as Kerr and Verratti. Yeah, definitely, man. Well, um, moving on, I think both teams in great form. I know Atlanta lost their final league game of the season, but they were 12 and being before that. And as you mentioned there, um, PSG did win the League Cup and they also won the French Cup right before that against Senati in 1-1. Um, Jack, how do you think this game will play out? Will it be a really exciting thrill ride that we're all hoping for? Or will both, te- both teams kind of be a bit leggy after um, the Cup Finals and the League games that they've played? I don't necessarily think they're going to be leggy at all. I think they will still come into this one fired up. Atalanta, of course. I mean, I just looked there. They've not won a trophy since 2011, and that mm. was the Serie B title. So it's, <laughs> they, they've not got a kind of trophy-laden pass like uh, PSG do, but I think that's going to fire them up even more. I mean, they've scored over 100 goals in all competitions this season, Atalanta, so I think it's just going to be a fantastic game to watch. PSG... They, without Mbappe, I think it still is going to be a massive mess. I mean, Stuart's saying uh, Di Maria can come in and fill that void, but any player of his calibre not being available is already a knock, and perhaps more of a mental knock, like I mentioned earlier with Werner leaving Leipzig. It mm. might already kind of bring the players down a bit, knowing they won't have kind of assurance in attack as they would have with Mbappe. So I don't think it's going to be a whitewash, because, I mean, you think, of the two names and the size of the two clubs you would just go oh PSG get us 4-0 or something like that but I think it's going to be a lot more closely contested I, I think it's still going to be a fairly open game I mean we know what the French league's like for defending normally and when you put a French defence up against a high score in Italian attack there's kind of only going to be one outcome and that's going to mm-hmm. be goals yeah. but when you know how prolific PSG's attack are it's going to be very, very end to end. Very, I, I, I'll say this, and then it's going to be a one nil or something like that. <laughs> Just knowing, knowing my luck, but I'm really looking forward to seeing this game. This might be kind of the second biggest game or the second most exciting game to watch after mm-hmm. the kind of big one that we'll probably talk about quite shortly. But yeah, no, looking forward to this one. Yeah, definitely will be. Hopefully, a real thrill ride. I'm um, Sean. What are your thoughts? Do you think, obviously, on the Mbappe situation? Struns in one thing, Jackson another. What's your opinion on it? Um, yeah, I mean, I love Kylian Mbappe, and I think there's something in what Struan said about Mbappe just has, has this immense hunger to be on the stage all the time. I mean, this summer he was meant to be playing in um, the Olympics as well as the Euros. He just constantly wants to be playing football and sort of proving himself as the next generational talent. So I definitely think it would be a big blow to him when there's no other football really going on, and obviously there's Scottish football, but... In terms of European stage, not a lot of people will be focusing on that too much, although they might have heard reports of a certain striker um, called Nicky Kabamba. But, <laughs> um, yeah, Mbappe's a loss, but PSG have so many good attacking players that they should be able to get through it. Um, like Jack said as well, I think it's just a fantastic game, one that I was really excited about, but um, I'm pretty sure it does clash with um, Ross County versus Kilmarnock, so it'll be Ross mm-hmm. County TV for me. Yeah, yeah, that's that's quite sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I have to ask before we move on, what are we thinking for the game itself? I think we're all maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of leaning towards Atalanta, like I said, feel-good story. Everyone kind of wants him to win if you're neutral, but does anyone expect them to win? I don't, I don't think it's out of the question. I really no. just, I'm not convinced by PSG's defence, and like we said, Ilicic is a blow, but... It's just it's a one-off game, and I really hope they both do just go for it. And Atlanta are the team I would like I would like most to win this entire tournament, and so I I'll back them six five Good Atlanta. Man. Good man. Good man. Good <laughs> if that comes off, if that if that actually comes off, I think something Sean needs to be rewarded with something. If, yeah. if a six five to Atlanta actually happens. We'll start we'll to, we'll to reward out in a future podcast. Oh, yeah. Thinking about what there we go. Well, guys, you, you just start thinking. Yeah, I'll do that. Chuck a quid on it, you'll get about a grand back. That's a reward for you. Yeah, sure I could do, do that. but I'd rather just have the pride of the podcast. I'm not funny. That, I, I don't guess. care about money. <laughs
You're too noble. You're too noble. And Jack Strain, <laughs> yourselves, what do you yeah. think will happen? I'd, I'd, I'd love Atlanta to win as well, to be honest. I really mm. like the story, especially the way they started. Like I think they're the only team to ever lose the first three group stage matches and yeah, still yeah. qualify mm. in, mm. In, a, in a pretty difficult group, to be fair, as well. But yeah. I think I PSG it's... might just have too much. But, but PSG do have a habit of bottling. I mean, last year they had the two away goal advantage on United and threw it away. In previous years, they've thrown away to silly things as well. So I think... I think PSG will win, unfortunately. <laughs> Way to end it on a dampener there. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> it's difficult. I think, I, think, I think for me, I mean, head says PSG, but heart says Atlanta. Like uh-huh. if, if we can see a situation where PSG take the lead and then they do... What, what was it called? The remontada against Barcelona where they just throw it all away. Yeah. That, that would be the best case scenario. I think oh, I, I would really like to see Atlanta progress, but I'm not sure I can see past... PSG because on paper they're just a better team mm. but it, it, it's a Champions League and we've seen mental things happen in the competition every year so who knows yeah. what who knows what's actually going to transpire well, that's it. they like, don't have that second leg to bottle it either do they they don't no yeah, they, 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 yeah. That might thing is with Atalanta is if they do get through and it's this great sort of swashbuckling performance Atletico are just going to like stamp on their hearts <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. semi-final yeah, that's true. so what's the point really like, PSG can go through that <laughs> <laughs> Right, we'll end it on that then. Um, well, that was four teams there that never won the European Cup. Another two will make the semi-finals. Um, Leon and Man City, both teams held on to their one goal first leg leads to knock out European royalty, Juventus and Real Madrid. Pep Guardiola's men are heavy favourites heading into this one, but Leon are this year's dark horse. They cannot be written off yet after knocking out serial winner Cristiano Ronaldo and getting Mauricio Sarri the sack last week. Struan, we'll come at you first. City have been scoring goals for fun towards the end of the Premier League campaign. I think five of their last seven games ended in four or five goal wins. Um, will their attack just be too much for Leon's defence to handle? I, I think so. I was, I was quite impressed by Leon in the way they played against Juventus. I think they were very solid defensively. I think the penalties were unbelievably poor decisions in that game. But I think... I think City have really got a good way of playing at the moment as well. And you, I, I just looked at the team against Real Madrid and you just think, you know, they're missing Aguero, Mares is on the bench, Bernardo and David Silva are both on the bench and they were still just, the, the Real Madrid couldn't handle the press. Mm-hmm. I think Cancelo moving over to left-back as well has actually been a really big success for them. And I think with a fit Laporte and Fernandinho, I just I just can't see past them losing this game. I, 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 Leon could do something because they did beat them in the Champions League last season, I believe. So, mm-hmm. and because it's over one leg, it's one of them where if they can, you know, take the pressure from Man City, run up, get a counter attack or something, and get a one 0 lead, they might be able to just see over the line. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel Man City have too much, even without Aguero up front. Yeah, definitely. After I was sweating there because my next question is exactly about those recent meetings and City's defense. So when you start mentioning Laporte, Cancelo, and recent meetings, um. Bit scary for me, so we'll move on quickly. Um, Jack, this is a question. In recent meetings with Leon, City have struggled to keep their attackers out, conceding four goals in those two games. Are City defensively solid enough to see this one out, or will they crumble like they have in recent years? I I just don't think City are defensively solid. Just full stop. I mean, we've seen it a lot of times this season, just in the Premier League. Um, and I think when you put the likes of Memphis Depay and uh, Moussa Dembele up against that City backline, I just don't think they're going to... They're definitely not going to keep the clean sheet, but I think it could be a case of City will just outscore them and mm. then they'll go through that way. But if if I were a Leon fan, as I'm sure there are many listening to this podcast, I would I would be fairly optimistic coming into this one. I mean, I think showing kind of getting past Juventus and you can't really do any wrong after that. I mean, you're knocking out Ronaldo, you're getting a manager of the sack and you're kind of riding a high going into this game. So if anything could happen, it would be now. And I think it would be a fantastic story to see Leon go up against either Barcelona or Bayern Munich in the semi-final. Yeah, definitely. It kind of reminds me of um, Bain City got knocked out from Monaco a few years ago. Yeah, this absolutely. tie just it just reminds me of that. You know, like Leon just have that something about them where they will just go up and outscore City. But we'll see. Um, well, I guess Sean, we spoke about City there, but Leon are still in a shout. Um, still in the first shout, sorry, as Jack said there as well. They've got a very impressive midfield, a good solid goalkeeper, and Memphis Depay is back from injury, showing his true quality. In a one-legged tie, can they keep this European run going to end a poor domestic season on a high? Absolutely. I mean, I think with the players that they've signed and the players they've brought through, Leon sort of consistently show that they're one of the better run clubs in Europe. And 
as we've said as well that um, Leon have pulled off some really big scalps and um, beat City they had in fairly recent memory so uh, in a one-legged game 100% they still have a chance um, City are the favourites there's no doubt about that but there's no way you can count Leon out and even if they are to go out they've still got those memories of um, making Cristiano Ronaldo cry on the on the ground so um, yeah things to cherish in your heart forever I'd say oh yeah it's reasons to get into football really isn't it and yes. also they're also the catalyst for Andrea Pirlo and he's going to look lovely in that suit isn't he just, yes. just oh, yeah, he's a man on the touchline in a suit you'd want it to be Pirlo so um, <laughs> yeah I think it's tremendous I still can't believe that whole story like he's just made the under 23 manager last week I what? don't get how must have been a Is cracking even... job in the first week yeah just really impressive <laughs> He still doesn't just have the full it. qualifications at the moment to actually manage at the highest level. He still needs to get something from UEFA. Oh, really? oh my pretty God. crazy. I mean, you have to make the assistant manager. Yeah. He's got lovely hair, so he'd, you've, you've seen you've seen <laughs> teams field well. illegitimate players in cup games, but have you ever seen a team field illegitimate manager? <laughs> that made me a first in football. <laughs> to us, he could just chuck himself back out on the pitch, yeah. surely. Well, just yeah. say he's a player, get his assistant, sort of just sort of just listen to him from the sidelines and just copy what he's thinking. He could still run that midfield, surely. He's just going to get frustrated Aaron Ramsey one day and just sub himself on, isn't he? Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> well, the tie I've been looking to get forward to discuss here, um, two Champions League heavyweights, the only two teams remaining that have won the European Cup, five each to be exact. We have a Barcelona team who fell to a second-place La Liga finish against a Bayern team who romped to Bundesliga glory. For this game, I'm just going to ask you all about your thoughts on how the game will go. I think we'll start with Jack. How do you see this one going? Well, I'll have seen Bayern most recently, considering it was my team that were brushed comfortably aside by this Bayern outfit. I can't see past them. I think Bayern are going to win the competition this year, personally. Lewandowski... Has just been a different man this season. I don't. I don't know what's happened in the sense that he's always been a fantastic forward, but this season he's just upped his game completely. And I'm gutted that they're not doing a Ballon d'Or this year because yeah. Lewandowski would have been nailed on to get it, in my opinion. Especially if he went on to win the Champions League, which I still think he is going to do. The team just seems to go from strength to strength. Anytime someone moves on or someone retires, like you think of a. Kind of Ribery and a Robin, they've brought in, they've got Gnabry and they had Coleman, now they've got uh, Leroy Sane coming in for next season. I think it's just that they're just they're comfortably the best team in the competition, and I say that quite confidently, especially when you look at uh, Barcelona's recent history. And kind mm-hmm. of, they, they kind of got past that big PSG deficit, but then ever since then they've just crumbled. I mean, corner taking quickly will just kind of remain <laughs> with us for the, for the longest time now. and that just kind of speaks of their kind of me- mental strength in this competition. I think gone are the days where you had Xavi and Iniesta and Carlos Puyol behind Leo Messi. Now mm. you've just got Leo Messi. And despite how fantastic he is, one man can't do it himself. And I just don't think he's got the same level of players behind him to be able to push him on and continue at the same level of this competition anyway. So, Bayern for me in this one. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more, man. I'd love to go to Struan, but I feel he will also just talk about Bayern non-stop so it's I think his team. we'll go it's his team, exactly it? he's just he's just he's just going to be too biased and waffling okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what we'll go to Sean first before we come to you Stuart Sean what about Barcelona what are your thoughts on them do you think they've got any real chance here I really am worried about Barcelona in this game because like you said it is two sort of European heavyweights that we're expecting a really close clash but I just have not been impressed with Barcelona this season at all mm. And um, the arrival of Kiki Setien really hasn't stopped the rot at all. Um, yeah, like Jack was saying, one man can't do it himself, but he certainly has been trying this season. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. Messi's numbers become even more impressive this year, considering he's still posting twenty plus assists and goals separately, and he's been in a a really really average Barcelona side. Um, Frankie de Jong had a really good game against Napoli I thought and that was mm-hmm. b- because in large part I think to the absence of Sergio Busquets I don't think they're going to work in the same midfield they both do the same role sitting deep collecting the ball passing it on so it depends if um, I can imagine that Setien would probably want Busquets experience but that does then do um, de Jong who I think is a fantastic player really big to the service There's, the, the squad's getting far too old it's not dynamic enough it's not 
exciting enough for it to be a Barcelona side. Um, they seem to be struggling financially. They seem to be problems at um, sort of boardroom level. So I think it could be. Uh, there's got to be serious changes before Barcelona really hit the heights that we knew a decade ago or so. Yeah, definitely. That's a good show there. Um, no, what this just reeks off for me is just sort of Brazil Germany seven one World Cup. It just I just have a feeling. You know what I mean? Just feel like Bayern got like three goals first five minutes and. Barca will just crumble completely. Um, Bayern smashed them 4-0 back in 2013, didn't they? In, in oh yeah, was it like 7-1 on aggregate or something actually? I think it was something mad, yeah. 4-0 yeah, in yeah. New Camp, I think so. Uh, um, yeah, some, I think a lot of people have said that this could be reminiscent of that and uh, I don't tend to disagree because I just think that Bayern are operating on such a high level at the moment. I was slightly concerned at the fact that um, they had that lay- a longer layoff than most of the teams in the competition. Um, that certainly didn't seem to be the case against Chelsea. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, what a side. And I think that Barcelona will really, really have to step up their game if they're going to come out of this one. Ah, definitely. Well, we will come to Struan now. Um, as a Bayern man yourself, we all know about that. <laughs> it's been talked about a lot the last few months. Um, what are your thoughts on the game? Do you think? Did you see the Chelsea game um, last week, Struan? Uh, I, I saw the second half of it. I watched the first so half of Barcelona. Half. And then I what did you think of them? I thought they were really impressive. I, th- I think by the time I started to watch that game, they'd just kind of taken their foot off the gas. I think it was mm. quite comfortable. I, I watched the entire of the, the first like months and months ago as well, and they looked really yeah. strong. But mm. I, j- I just think with that Bayern Munich side, there's not a single weakness in yeah. their first 11. And probably you can up it to about 14, 15, like the talent they can bring off the bench. Yeah. Whereas I, th- I think with Barcelona, as Sean was saying, it's quite an old, age and uninspiring squad. And I, d- I just think Bayern Munich, since their last Champions League and since... Barcelona's last win, you know, Lamb's left Bayern, he's been replaced by Kimmich. Um, Schweinsteiger's dropped out, in comes Goretzka, Ribéry and Robin are gone, Nabry, Komen, and now Sani's come, but Barcelona still haven't replaced Xavi, still not replaced Iniesta, I don't really think they've replaced Puyol either. I think De Jong is going to come in and be that Busquets replacement, but I just think Aiden's squad, they've spent so much money on Dembele to try and replace Neymar, didn't really work out. I think Coutinho was supposed to be the next Iniesta but again that didn't really work out for them and I don't think Griezmann's worked out at all so far yeah. either so I think I think they're in desperate need of a rebuild and I think this could be quite a one-sided as you say Brazil-Germany coming up here yeah yeah definitely that's something to say Griezmann there that sort of thing I might have said on a recent podcast actually but I'll say it again um, it was like a top trios across Europe so it's for me you no know, Salamani it was all their goal scoring exploits and Barcelona's was Suarez Messi and Ansu Fati not even Griezmann. Ooh. Ansu Fati. He's actually outperformed Griezmann this year. I think that says a lot about Barcelona. They're just so ill-prepared for any sort of title challenge or um, Champions League challenge. And like you've all said, Bayern surely, surely going to run away with this one, right? I think so, yeah. I think when you mentioned Griezmann, he's sort of indicative of the big problem with Barcelona. Is like a decade ago under Guardiola, every sign-in and every player was bought for that system, whereas... Griezmann had spent the last five years at Atletico being a centre-forward, a false nine, and mm. he was never going to do that when Messi and Suarez are there, and he's also hitting his 30s now. He wasn't. He, he might have been the right signing five years ago, but he wasn't the right signing now. It just mm. a very good player was kind of available, so they spent close to £200 million uh, pounds on him. It's just yeah. mad, and I just think it sort of shows the mess at Barcelona at the moment. So, um, yeah, that's and that's part of the reason I think that Bayern are such favourites in this tie. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Jack and Struan, you're absolutely in agreement as well, Bayern Munich, for yeah, the win. Absolutely, yeah. I'm with that. Right. I, I, I don't, Messi, what I'm really interested in, like, the one thing I want to see in this game is Alfonso Davis versus Messi. I think that oh, would yeah. be a really oh, yeah. good competition. Because oh, yeah. Messi hasn't exactly lost much of his pace as such, but I, I can't see him being able to get in behind Alfonso Davis at all or get any kind of running on him. Yeah. Yeah. The only argument Alaba. against that is that he is Lionel Messi. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Would, wouldn't it be fantastic if, if Davis, you know, like pockets him or something and it's he pretty much establishes himself as one of the best up and coming youngsters? And yeah. it's one of those moments as well that'll give him the confidence for his career, basically. Tell you what, as well, we're talking about how Bayern replace people, like they've just moved Alaba inside and then just chucked this left winger at left back. It just shows how well Bayern are doing that they take a risk like that and it's yeah. paid it's off worked, this yeah. well. Yeah, it's outstanding because also their centre backs without Alaba would just be. Sule and Boateng, who are probably the two slowest centre backs in the Bundesliga, but this is just really 
really impressive that they managed to move Alibad and just replace him so easily with a random Canadian youngster, basically. There's there's um, a point to be made actually. It could be a case of Messi coming up against Boateng again, and we all mm. we all remember what happened the last time he had him <laughs> yeah. playing Twister on in the penalty box. So <laughs> if it would be it'd be cool to see something like that happen again, but I think Bayern are just too defensively resolute, especially with who yeah. they've been playing recently to let something like that happen again. Boateng will just sit in the stand texting Jay-Z and being happy it's not him. It's, there's there's another thing as well, just think about, like, Thiago is one of the best midfielders in world football and most likely to leave Bayern Munich this summer. You just kind of wonder why Barca didn't hold on to him. Yeah, true. Bayern yeah, yeah. I think he was signed under Guardiola who brought him through at um, Barcelona. You just kind of wonder, in that Barcelona midfield, I know they've had really good players as well, the likes of Rakitic and such, but just... Having a player yeah. like Thiago, I think, could help so much. They're definitely they, missing him now, anyway. They let yeah. him go and yeah. kept his brother, and I don't even know if Rafinha's <laughs> at the club anymore. Oh, I think he's no at idea. Celta Vigo at the moment, but I don't know if that's all or not. And also, when you think about that, they've, they've got Artur, who's 23 years old, and he's now doing a swap deal with 30-year-old Miralem Pjanic, who yeah, yeah. also yeah. can serve as a, as a number six, so it's now Busquets and De Jong and Pjanic sitting there. Just a complete mismanagement of Barcelona and... Um, yeah, I'd really like to know what's going on there. It seems to have been a, a really strange decline over the past few years. Yeah, 100%. Well, one thing's for sure, we all love Bayern and we all can't stand Barcelona just now. We can all agree on that. Um, <laughs> can I also make a public service stuff. announcement, by the way? Because I was I saw that the cinema was open again, so I looked to see what films are shown at the cinema because obviously no company's bringing out new films just now because right. you didn't make the money. And I noticed that, I was looking at last night's films um, and I saw that um, they were showing Man United Copenhagen at Ocean Terminal at the Big View and I thought that's quite cool and I looked at the rest of it and they're showing all the Champions League games at View Ocean Terminal this week so if you really? fancy yeah. your feet up in a recliner some popcorn mm. and watching Bayern Barcelona on Friday night I don't have BT I might have to come back through it's like <laughs> six quid as well it's a pretty good like, it's a pretty good yeah. deal could also be the first time you probably ever hear much shouting in a cinema <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> You'll be right at the front, Strum. Oh, scarf I'll, I'll have the scarf. <laughs> yeah. Get the 3D glasses on for it. <laughs> oh, right, we should move on. We should move on. So that's the Champions League done. We're expecting a possible Atletico, Atalanta or PSG matchup, and we're expecting Man City versus Bayern. We'll maybe do a podcast next week on the semis, um, which would be very exciting. A lot to talk through there after these four games. But for now, we'll move on to the Europa League, the sister competition. Here we have some cracking teams battling out in Germany. Let's start with Wolves Sevilla. A tie you would have maybe only expected to see on Football Manager not long ago is a reality now. Wolves know that winning the Europa League could result in their first appearance in the Champions League or European Cup since 1960. No victory here means no Europe at all next season. Standing in their way is Sevilla, record five-time winners of the Europa League and feeling confident from their fourth-place finish in La Liga. Jack, I'll let you take this one. It'll be a tricky task for Nuno and his small squad to overcome such an experienced club. Absolutely. It's it, it's the biggest game of their season uh, coming into it and... I really, I really just want to see them go on and win it. Wolves winning the Europa League would like make me ha- very happy. I think, I think they deserve it, especially the way they've ran the club the past couple of seasons. I mean, they've come up and they've really established themselves as a club that can really go on and start pushing the top four in the Premier League. And it's, it's really cool to see just a club that was championship what two or three seasons ago now, and they're already at this level. So it's a massive credit to Nuno and his staff to be able to work with such a kind of smaller batch of players as he said and just get themselves into this position that being said I mean Sevilla they are the most prolific team in this competition over the years um, they've got a fabled history in the competition so it's going to be no easy task whatsoever but I, I, I just think Wolves do have it in them I think they've got a lot to be happy with I mean they're going to be Bathing Adama Traore in that baby oil for uh, for up until up until the game kicks off later today, but um, yeah, no, I'm really excited to see them, and I really do hope Wolves get end up getting their victory and moving on to semi finals. Yeah, definitely. That was surreal, though, wasn't it? The picture of Adama Traore in the oil just like slathered in it. That's just never seen that with a footballer <laughs> before. Never. Um, Struan, Sean, anything to add there? You guys sort of the same. Wolves, the fairy tale story continuing. 
I, from from is the Man United speaking in me here, but I really don't want to see Wolves in the Champions League because I'm I'm worried what that squad can do with the type of attraction it'll then have, and it's already a very good squad. But it, it would be nice, I suppose, to see them go on and do it. But if if they actually do qualify, that'll be the fifth time that United and Wolves have played each other this season as well. Which I don't know if that's any kind of record, but that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if it was two ties as well; it'd be six. That probably would be a record. Um, yeah, it's it's exciting. I think they're a really exciting team. I know, obviously, it's a bit like Bournemouth. There's a bit more going on behind the scenes that maybe we see. Also, a lot of agents involved and stuff. But it's still a real fairy tale story. What was it? They have like a ten-year plan, is it? And they're only meant to be like trying to stay in the league right now but instead they're going for Champions League qualification and titles in Europe and such and it's just really exciting Sean what are your thoughts on it? Yeah I really like Wolves I'd really like to see them progress um, it's a bit annoying that if they are to get th- through they'll meet Man United it would be nice to see them test themselves against um, against other sort of European sides but mm-hmm. um, they'll be confident they've got a really good record against Man United over the past uh, couple of years so I think that if they are to meet in the semi-final, then Wolves will fancy their chances, absolutely. Um, on the subject of football being played, I just saw that Celtic and Aberdeen won't play their games this week. And really? And there's a further announcement to come later on. So oh. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But if you've got Celtic and Aberdeen players in your fantasy sides, aye, they're not playing it. No football from those two sides this, this week. Outstanding. Breaking news on the podcast. Point, um, that's I mean, Imagine playing wildcard second week. <laughs> like fun game. Oh no. My team's basically Celtic, so <laughs> that's the that's the bugger. I'm in trouble. Um yeah. I think we might all be in trouble to be fair. Yep. Um yeah. Oh, that's that's gotten we'll right, we'll power through. We'll power through. We'll talk about this after. <laughs> um, the next game, I don't want to, I don't want this to end on a downer. Um the next game we've got here, like we've already mentioned, they'll face Manchester United, whoever wins out of Wolves and Sevilla. Um Copenhagen were really well organised last night, you know, they kept United till extra time. Um disallowed goals, penalties given, not given. The goalkeeping performance from Carl Johan Jonsson was just outstanding. Um Struan, what was your thoughts on United's performance and the game as a whole? Uh, I thought United you know, started very slow, but I think they kind of grew into it. I think the substitutions from Solskjaer were very good, and I think bringing Matic on just night and day between him and Fred controlling that midfield. I, I think Copenhagen set up really, really well, though. They were compact. I mean, United had 14 shots on target in the end, mm-hmm. and the only way to actually beat the keeper was via the penalty, which was quite soft, I'd admit. And then there were the post and the frame, I think, were hit four times in the game. There were two goals disallowed for offside. There was a penalty disallowed for offside, so it was... For a 1-0 game that went into extra time, it was quite quite entertaining. And then a, a performance last night that reminded me of the great Ochoa from the 2014 World Cup against Brazil. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it, was it just kept making save after every time Martial went through and you just think, right, okay, two, nope, mm. no, he's made another save and it was, yeah. it was crazy. But even though they didn't have a shot on target, I think they were in the game the entire time. Yeah, that, every time they that they chance well. at the start, eh? the chance at the start, I think Pogba maybe cleared it before it got towards the goal, but they had like three shots and there was like yeah. eight United men behind the ball and you sort of wondered, oh god, if United had played a rotated team, where could this game be going? But yeah, they sort of settled, didn't they? And yeah, um, I, I think on. the flick when, when Falk was running and Brandon Williams, oh, I think yeah. Fred had come out and he flicked past both of them, I think that was Solskjaer's decision to just say, right, I'm, I'm bringing Matic and I'm bringing Lindelof on here, I'm, I'm not taking any more risks at the back, we're just going to show this thing up. Yeah, but that, that easily could have been in and Fred gave it away quite early as well so it was mm-hmm. it was quite a good game to watch yeah it paid off in the end anyway like you say also Fernandez got that penalty to be fair the goalkeeper almost saved that as well I, thought so I was impressed I, yeah. I, was, I was saying at the time as well I was thinking if this game goes to penalties I, like, I, this is going to be a 3-0 penalty victory because that goalkeeper's not laying any of them in <laughs> even if it's Fernandez or Rashford <laughs> taking them he was just it's just unbelievable that game yeah. I oof, couldn't believe it a man possessed um, Sean what were your thoughts on the tie um, so I only watched extra time. I was watching another game last night, um, mm. just trying to be a wee bit hipster. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I thought from what I saw of that that um, the keeper still looked very good in extra time as well. It wasn't um, yeah, it wasn't plain sailing then either. And it was interesting to see Fernandez change his technique as well. I thought um, we we're waiting for the. The hop, and I wonder, wonder what we'll do next time because does he go back to the hop? Does he get rid of yeah, the hop? Yeah. It's, well, there's um, bound to so be at many... least another two in the Europa League, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, it's just it's insane the number of penalties Man United have got 21, this... I think, this season. Jeez, yeah, it's the highest in any of the top five leagues, I believe. 
yeah, today. But, this um, is in double digits. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? But um, United obviously get strong favourites for the rest of the competition. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they do fare if they are to come up against Wolves because as I said, they've met a lot um, over the past couple of years and it's been um, very close matchups every time mm-hmm. well, Jack, I know you don't have um, BT yourself, but just a more vague question, um, Ollie really seemed like confident in the post-match, do you think going forward United will have a bit more swagger about them, even after this competition win it or not, do you think next season they'll really be back amongst the big boys? Definitely. No, absolutely. They've been building on their season really ever since January where Fernandez came in. And I think he... It's crazy to think that just one man coming in has really changed the outlook of the entire team. Mm-hmm. And everyone just seems so much more kind of relaxed and kind of confident in themselves that they're not really... There's there's no real bad feeling about Manchester United just now, which I'm sure Struan's going to be very happy to back up. And it's going to be interesting to see how they work in the transfer window after... The Europa League are concludes because uh, quite a definitive statement yesterday uh, Michael Zork of uh, Borussia Dortmund stated uh, that Jadon Sancho would not be leaving and would be playing his football in Germany next season so it's interesting to see what they do with that news after they were chasing that deal for a couple of weeks so I, th- I think they could really go on and prove a point of how they intend to go on by winning this competition but it's, time will tell because I still don't think it's a definite thing that they will go on to win the competition at all. I mean, they could they could have a very tough job against Wolves or Sevilla, depending on who gets through. And yeah. then the final, of course. So it's it's not all wrapped up for them yet. I'll say that. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, last thing, um, I know obviously it caused a storm on Twitter. Apparently one of the commentators said Fernandez was the best United signing since Cantona. Anyone actually agree with that? Or... What, what, I, what I would say to that is he's definitely not the best, but I don't think anyone has had the same kind of impact on the team as Cantona did back in the past. Like yeah, do you think he's maybe just misspoke a little bit? He's maybe just meant like immediate impact, like a sort of shock on the team? I, I, I definitely think so. I, th- I think yeah. I, I just in the last 10 years, I just don't even think there's been... No. I just, I just did disrespect Ronaldo and Rooney straight off. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Ridiculous. Yeah, but it's the perfect sort of example of recency bias, isn't it? I mean, oh, he has absolutely. been fantastic. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. has sort of really rejuvenated this United side. But to make a massive, like, sort of sweeping statement like that yeah. is just, and it's, I don't, it's why some people sort of get, get disengaged with football punditry and commentary because mm. you hear stuff like that. And then we're all talking about it, but also you'd rather just sort of have a bit more sort of nuanced and thoughtful analysis than that because it's just a bit daft to say. I mean, well, Van Persie <laughs> came in and made it won the league effectively, just about yeah. single-handedly in 2013. So surely mm. that was a better signing, and that was only seven well, eight years ago. It's funny you say that because I've got this tweet in front of me here from BT who have said like they've done a they've done a poll to see if no one agrees and who should it be, and the four names they've got is Yap Stam. Rud van Nistelrooy, Bruno Fernandes, and Robin van Persie. So not even Rene or Ronaldo. Yeah, not not even Ferdinand or Vidic. Nope, not yeah, even yeah. Ferdinand or Vidic. Yap Stam's the centre back they picked. Yeah, right. Thanks for having me on. So, right, I'll catch you later. That's hot because he he got injured really badly before United, so there's kind of a delay to that. But I don't think yeah. he. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Well, I, th- I think just... BT are getting the clicks with that one. Aren't they? B- B- yeah, BT are really playing to their Twitter audience with that one because it tends to be a lot of the kind of the younger generation, the kind of fresh faces that are kind of following BT. They're trying to kind of appeal to that generation. So, uh, or, I, I say that generation, our generation, realistically, I speak like I'm twenty <laughs> years older than I actually am. Uh, it, I, I'm not. I'm really not a fan of that because it kind of almost laughs in the face of all that's kind of preceded these players. I mean. People like Rooney, Ronaldo, even yeah. the likes of Fernand and Vidic coming in and doing so good for that team, such good for that team, but then just to almost have it kind of thrown back at them. But they say mm-hmm. Bruno Fernandes has scored however many penalties, he's had the best impact. Yeah. I think it's about seven at the moment, he's on. It's a bit much. Well, just to let you know, I voted for Yapstam. Me and 6% of the voters. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Love that. 6%. I, I 6%. assume Fernandes is probably in the lead, isn't he? No. Van Persie's on 47%, Thank Bruno God. 27 Van Nistelrooy 20 So a bit of I feel there. sorry for Fabio. I feel sorry for <laughs> Baby, to be honest. <laughs> Clever you know, you know, uh, Raphael, the fantastic, who's actually playing for Leon against Man City, and oh, yeah. Fabio deal. Man United mm-hmm. more want, like they wanted Fabio, and Raphael came along. 
but then after Fabio injuries, it was Raphael who ended up making a hundred appearances, and Fabio barely made any. Wow. That that is a case random of, trivia. That is a case of if you say me, you have to say my brother as well. Yep, he comes too. <laughs> yeah, I think that happened in the Bellingham deal. Did it? I think I think his younger brother. There was talk about his younger brother. Is like six, like fourteen or something. Was they were wanting him to come to the academy as well. So I'm not sure if he went through to Dortmund, but there was talk about. And his boys' club has retired his number. <laughs> I, th- I think we could speak for hours about that just whole situation, oh, no. but <laughs> not happening. Take us away, Cameron, before I get too annoyed. Yes, right. We'll move on. We'll move on. Right, we're coming to you, Sean. As you just said, you've watched this game. Uh, booking their spot in semi-final number two is Inter Milan. Conte's men defeated Bayer Leverkusen two-one on Monday night to put them one step closer to the final. Was that a fair result, in your opinion? Yeah, um, Inter Milan looked really good. Um, Lukaku's just such a good player and I think yeah, we didn't appreciate yeah. that when we were in the Premier League no. but he's up against um, Tapsoba and Ta who are two of the sort of um, most up and coming highly rated centre halves in European football and the way he would just pin them back to back and he just absolutely no chance of turning them he just they can't win the ball off him he's far too strong then for his goal He's he's fallen over and he still manages still to scored, yeah. to uh, to clip that ball past Fladeki um, and it's just him and Latano Martinez are a fantastic straight partnership. They're sort of um, the modern day uh, image of a, a big man small man partnership yeah. like we were talking about earlier. <laughs> but they do it with so much skill and technical ability. I think that apart from United, they really are the favourites for this competition and. Um, but either way, in that scenario, Ashley Young gets a Europa League winners medal. So that's the <laughs> Man United still win. That's See, amazing. A lot of you people said that. refer to the United turnaround as post Bruno Fernandez's arrival. Some may also <laughs> look at it as post Ashley Young's exit from the club. As soon as he left, the winning run kind of started. He was also the club captain. So. I was. Uh, I don't know how you how you'd like to look at it. I was literally just about to ask Sean how is Ashley Young because he actually looked really good on the highlights. Also, I've only caught the highlights. But he did. He looked, looked like he had a really good game last night. Yeah, pretty decent. I wouldn't say he stood out particularly, but um, he looked pretty solid. And mm-hmm. that's the thing that um, he, and um, Conte seems to have done a good job of sort of picking up these people who weren't too appreciated whenever they they were or weren't yeah. quite standing out and he's just sort of I think that works for Conte he's a very passionate man and he probably likes to sort of light that fire under these players who feel that they're maybe underappreciated or misused or whatever and yeah. um, it means they're more likely to buy into his system and it, obviously they were disappointed to not um, keep up with Juventus in the Serie A title race but we've got a real real chance of a European trophy so yeah, definitely. Um, and I'd I'd like to see them do it because Inter Milan are a huge club, and obviously, um, when we were growing up, uh, that treble went inside, and they sort of really did fall away to mid table in Serie A. So to have them yeah. back up there uh, would be fantastic. Well, anything to see Ashley Young with a trophy, Manchester United without one. That's what I think. That's what I yeah. think. I actually and Alexis Sanchez and Mario. Lukaku will also be there. <laughs> yeah, you can just Aww. see it, can you? Ashley Young playing a crossfield ball to Sanchez, plays it in the middle of the box to Lukaku, smashes it in past Aww. the hair. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Um, to be honest, just I always thought Ashley Young was kind of hard done by United. I always remember him for the eight two, where he was just unbelievable. Scored like two worldies. I, I just always thought he got a hard rap. I, anyway, I think he was an easy target. Yeah, probably. I mean, he got That's made captain as well. It all, yeah. it all went downhill once once that that bird de- uh, defamed his mouth. That, <laughs> Apparently, that, that's not true. He said it's, that it's didn't not happen. actually. There's there's a video explaining it. That's I know. Dumb or something. <laughs> Somebody spits behind him as spit appears in <laughs> his mouth, and frame so, by frame, you can just see. It's, yeah, it's different, but <laughs> still just as disgusting. <laughs> that's but, like yeah. a dissertation told me doesn't an in-depth <laughs> analysis of whether the bird <laughs> bird defamed Ashley Young. <laughs> Uh, also, one point to make from that game, um, Havertz is coming to London, boys. I'll just say that. That, mm. that, that, that opens mm. the door for him. Who are you not signing? Like, really? Defenders at this point. Which <laughs> is what we need. <laughs> he can play left back. Just do an Alfonso Davies sort of deal. It's fine. It'll just, work out. Just bring John Terry back to the club. <laughs> Frankie's your mate. Just just get him back in the back line, honestly. No, it's a left back you're needing. What about uh, Wayne Bridge? Bring both of them back. Because oh, yeah, that, that would go down really <laughs> well. There's a, there's a really talented left back at Inter Milan at the moment who might be available on the cheap. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. 
Definitely. He can also play on the right side as well if you want. Imagine filling centre back on occasion. Imagine that right. story. Oh man. I reckon um, volleyball and goalie's going to be without a club pretty soon. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Oh brilliant. Right, lads. Sorry, but we need to move on to the big one. Just like oh, the Champions yes. League, we've left the la- the biggest one till last. Okay. <laughs> Basel versus Shakhtar Donetsk. Yes. What are we thinking? <laughs> Anyone, please. Someone. <laughs> so I think when you look at the history of this competition, you look for games like these, the ones that will draw people in. <laughs> and I yeah. think... <laughs> so as uh-huh. Fergie said, it puts bums on seats and gets them back out of them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not much to say. It's, really. it's a channel hopper, isn't it? You're going yeah. through oh, you flick that's the game a flip on for between. 10 minutes and then you'll just go back off it and see what else is on. I tell you what. I don't think anybody will watch it over the Wolves Sevilla game. I think. No, I don't it's almost know. quite unfortunate. It's got to come up against that. Uh, a week or two back, I had a bet on. I was sitting at work um, on my break. I didn't have anyone with me on my break, so I went on Sky. But and they had the Basel Lugano game showing, and they were in my accumulator. I think they got about three goals put past them by Lugano, a team that you might not even know. So I'm just going to put over there right now that Basel aren't really solid at the back. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pip Shakhtar Donetsk and yes, by the way, they did hump Mayaka. So perfect, you know, yeah. There's a personal vendetta for <laughs> me a against vendetta Basel against right now. Them yep. purely for the Aka. Personal reason. <laughs> so yeah, we all just no one has any Shakhtar real look, idea. Shakhtar look decent whenever they come against English opposition, which is probably when our our focus in this country is most often on them. That I feel like. Yeah. Um, did not beat Manchester City a couple of years ago in Ukraine. And yes, I think they're in Manchester City uh-huh. are in the same Champions League group every single year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always seem to give them a bit of a game. Well, it's, it's, it's always, it's always Ukraine, to do with them. So. It's always City and Real Madrid they always come up against. Mm-hmm. And I think they got a fairly decent kind of run against Real Madrid in the last couple of seasons. Anyway, just and it was only in the group stages, obviously, but. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah I think they are probably, probably one of these clubs that we do maybe underestimate a mm. bit. So I reckon they are favourites, but I was just looking at Basel's squad there, and they do have Ricky Van Vosswinkel. So oh yes, oh, oh well, they've won. they've won, they've won, they've won. Why are we even debating <laughs> this? <laughs> yeah, one, exactly. One Why will, are we debating this? <laughs> one thing I will say: what one team shares a name with a commonly used cooking herb, while the other doesn't. Make that what you will. Make of that what you will. Well, well, well is, value, we don't know, but it's all we can really talk about because we so, know nothing of these two teams. Jack's talking about herbs. Yep. Struan's talking about how people won't watch. I'm talking about betting. And Sean, okay, Sean, you actually did have some good analysis there. Well done, Ricky Sean. Ricky you have No, I meant the Shakhtar Man City. <laughs> Who thought oh, Ricky yeah, Van Vosfinkel would save this game? <laughs> 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 <Don't> obscurity. <laughs> Think they you can always rely on me for the serious analysis. I'm here for that. Absolutely. I'm the Absolutely. serious one. See what happens when I host Sean. You get to really express yourself. You get exactly. to express yourself and it, it yeah. pays off. <laughs> it pays off. Right, well, lads, I think that might be it. That might be it. Um, we hope anyone who's listening um, has enjoyed us discussing the games. Maybe not the last one. Um, we hope you have a great time watching them as well. Be sure to subscribe to our Energy Sport podcast feed and give us a follow on Twitter at Energy Sport to keep up to date with all our all of our content. A huge thanks to Jack, Sean, and Struan, especially Sean coming in last minute um, for joining me today. And that is us. Uh, say goodbye, fellas. Bye. Watch the Kabam on Ross County TV Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant energy there. Right. Thanks for listening.